You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ocho. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Sunday, December 20th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we know that you are probably listening to this on Monday, unless you are joining us on our live stream over on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. And if that is the case, we want to wish you a very happy Victory Polo Monday. The Dallas Cowboys winning on Sunday, 41-33. to The final score over their longtime rival, San Francisco 49ers. It was a very interesting game, one that we thought would be taking place much later from now when it was originally scheduled to on Sunday Night Football. Flexed to the dreaded noon hour and wound up being what might be uh, one of the more entertaining games of Week 15 across the National Football League. There was a lot to get into, and so if you are on our YouTube channel, we welcome you. We want to start off with some highlights. Let's begin. Tony Paul. Pollard, who started in this game because Zeke Elliott was out for the first time in his career with an injury, got a touchdown early on. Michael Gallup, though, who left the game with an injury, caught a nice touchdown himself. You see this here. Look at Gallup catching that touchdown at the back of the end zone. Look at Tony Pollard here, though. This is the end of the first half. This was a nice, or for, first quarter, excuse me, nice play to just pick up some yardage. And you look at it, and, and he just, he does seem like a different runner. Uh, there's no question about it that Tony Pollard has some juice to his game and is obviously some somebody who, uh, you know, can uh, be a, a sort of different change for the Cowboys when it comes to the running back position, but we will certainly get into that throughout our conversation. I do want to stop now to show you a different highlight. Didn't necessarily have to do with the Cowboys, but going in sequence, we were all kind of digesting, figuring out whether the Cowboys were going to win this game, and all of a sudden, Des Bryant, longtime Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, has caught more touchdowns for the Cowboys than anybody in the history of the organization, caught a touchdown on Sunday. Look at Lamar Jackson here against the Jacksonville Jaguars, buying time, buying time to Lamar Jackson way, and moves, finds Des Bryant, and then you knew it was coming. It was so great to see Des Bryant. Throw it up. Throw up the X. What a great side. Congratulations to Des Bryant. Let's move to the current 88 for the Dallas Cowboys in the third quarter. Big time gain from Andy Dalton. Gets out of the pocket, rolls to the right. One of the prettier throws Dalton has had for the Cowboys. Big time conversion to C.D. Lamb. Andy Dalton would go on to find another Dalton. Dalton Schultz, who makes a nice move on Richard Sherman and plows into the end zone. Stanford on Stanford crime. Speaking of crimes, maybe Nick Mullins is going to charge Donovan Wilson, who had an amazing interception to start the fourth quarter. This is something we want to see more of as Cowboys fans, which was very, very, very nice to see. Way to go, Dono. Uh, if Texas A&M is not going to get love from the 
college football playoff. They will get love from me here. I find Texas Aggie myself. Speaking of myself, I had a tweet um, because we saw one of the more dysfunctional plays that I think we've ever seen uh, from the Cowboys offense. Um, late in this game, as things were kind of going back and forth, back and forth, again, let's let's keep in mind here that the Cowboys at this point were without Michael Gallup. So obviously you're missing one of your best wide receivers, but they did have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, two of their best offensive weapons, and needing a big-time conversion on third down instead of going to Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb. They decided to throw it to Cedric Wilson, who we know they like to experiment with, who threw it back to Tony Pollard. Don't get too cute, Kellen Moore. Use Amari Cooper. Use CeeDee Lamb. Those are things that we want to see over and over and over and over again. Um, But on the subject of things we want to see, uh, that is the Dallas Cowboys winning games, unless your team tank, we'll get to that, sure, in a second as well. Tony Pollard iced this thing late in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys up by three. An awesome touchdown run right here, breaking all sorts of tackles. Tony Pollard doing everything on his own. His second touchdown of the day, as we discussed his first a moment ago. CeeDee Lamb, though, technically had the last touchdown as the 49ers attempted an onside kick less than a minute to go. He takes it all the way back to the house. Way to go, CeeDee. You're the man. The 49ers would go on to score on a last second Hail Mary that wound up not really mattering, making the final score 41-33. to uh, The Cowboys getting the win now 5-9 and nine on the season. In fact, let's talk about the final statistics from this game. The Cowboys were really outgained from a yardage standpoint against the 49ers. Uh, 291 yards of total offense for the Cowboys, a lot of that being Tony Pollard, who we'll talk more about in a moment. Uh, The 49ers had 458 yards of total offense. Lots of success running uh, earlier in the week. We talked about this in our Cowboys midweek report. You can watch that on Wednesday nights on our YouTube channel. We stream that live. Uh, Good morning football, the great show, discussed whether you should play Ezekiel Elliott or Jeff Wilson in your fantasy league this week and obviously Zeke wound up not playing at all but Jeff Wilson scored I mean it it was just a running palooza for the 49ers uh, almost um, you know really coming close to 500 yards of total offense 5.7 yards of play for the Niners and only five for the Cowboys and a big reason why this is kind of inflated you look at time of possession the 49ers almost 35 minutes to 25 minutes and change for Dallas the turnovers Four turnovers for the 49ers. That's just not winning football. You're never going to win that way in the NFL. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, no turnovers, although Andy Dalton certainly uh, had some moments that were a little bit precarious, to say the least. But um, that was the story. I mean, and we've seen the Cowboys kind of kind of dig in lately, um, which is certainly nice and certainly welcome unless you are Team Tank. And look, I don't want to kind of spoil the fun or spoil the mood or, or ruin Victory Polo Monday, but... I would imagine that getting to five wins makes it incredibly difficult for the Dallas Cowboys to have a top five pick in the 2021 NFL draft. And there's a lot of thought that maybe that four or five spot, whether it's going to be the Chargers who won on Thursday night or the Cowboys, uh, that that position controls a lot of the draft. We all expect Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields to go one and two to the Jets and Jaguars respectively. After that, maybe Cincinnati takes their fantastic offensive lineman that we've talked a lot about as well. Uh, So we'll see who ultimately ends up with the fourth and fifth picks overall. These are the stats, obviously, from this game. I actually have a co-host named Stats. I do a show on the SB Nation and NFL show that comes out every Thursday called The Look Ahead. Myself and Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, SB Nation's home for San Francisco 49ers content. Rob and I, every Thursday, we look ahead, obviously, to the upcoming week in the NFL. We preview every single game, talk about who we think is going to win. Interestingly enough, I thought the Niners were going to win this game. He thought the Cowboys were going to win this game. You can hear Rob and myself every Thursday, like I said, on the SB Nation NFL show, or you can listen to him right here to give us his thoughts immediately after his 49ers lost. What's up, everybody? Rob Stats Guerrero here from Niners Nation. 
to sum up this pathetic performance by my San Francisco 49ers. And look, there's no other word to describe it. It's pathetic. They can't stop turning the ball over to the other team. Four more turnovers today. Nick Mullins, absolutely miserable. He should never, ever, ever see the field again for the 49ers. He shouldn't even be back allowed with the team on the bus. I'm done with you, Nick Mullins. 16 career starts, 25 career turnovers, and in over half of those starts, in nine of those starts, you have multiple turnovers. That ain't going to do it. You do not have the minimum athletic ability required to play in the National Football League. Goodbye. The only thing Big Pick Nick did do is protect the 49ers draft pick, which will now be much better after losing yet another game. So thanks, I guess. I mean, you take a complete offense and you just make it non-functional. Non-functional. There was no way the Cowboys were going to win this game unless you turned the ball over, and the 49ers did it again and again and again. Thank you. Thanks for nothing. Now I can officially end my year without caring about the 49ers ever again in the year 2020. Goodbye. Thanks a lot to Rob Stats Guerrero for taking some time to offer up his emotions in the immediate aftermath of his beloved 49ers losing. Uh, look, I know if you're Team Tank, you want the Cowboys to lose, but it is nice to beat the 49ers. Speaking of things that are nice, Tony Pollard finished the day with 69 rushing yards in lieu of Ezekiel Elliott starting in running back, or at running back, rather, for the Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of, actually, Zeke Elliott had played 69 games for the Dallas Cowboys before today and had never missed one due to injury. Obviously, we all know that Zeke Gully missed six games due to suspension back in 2017, but before today, he had never missed one due to injury, and Tony Pollard was awesome in his stead. Tony Pollard finished the game with 18 touches for 132 total yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. He is the official Blog and the Boys star of the game. There were some worthy people uh, for this honor. You look at it, obviously, Tony Pollard is the one that ended up with it. You know, we don't have any trophies yet. We're working on it. You know, maybe some nice things to send to everybody that's the star of the game, but I thought Jordan Lewis had an incredible game. I do winners and losers after every Cowboys game over at bloggingtheboys.com. Jordan will definitely be on that list. I thought Chidabe Awuze also had a great game. And, you know, Xavier Woods didn't have the best game, but overall the Cowboys secondary was awesome. We talked about the Donovan Wilson interception. Anthony Brown had an interception. And so this was, you know, I, I think maybe the best game we've seen the Dallas Cowboys secondary have as a whole in in some time. Um, And I thought it was a great performance from the Cowboys defensive line. Demarcus Lawrence had the forced fumble early on on Nick Mullins that was really important and really impressive in terms of building the 14 to nothing lead the Cowboys had early on. um, I thought that Alden Smith was around. Randy Gregory certainly had moments. Neville Gallimore could have been the BTB star of the game. He had a great game. I mean, there was a lot going on and I'm not trying to be that person, um, but I think that maybe Mike Nolan is doing a great job, or at least a serviceable job. I know that there are a lot of people who want to see Mike Nolan leave as the Cowboys defensive coordinator in 2021, and and maybe that is ultimately what is best for this team. But it should be said that the Cowboys have been dealt a number of injuries, that their offense has been relatively, you know, anemic. And even in this game, you know, hyping up Tony Pollard as the star of the game. But overall, this was this was maybe Andy Dalton's most poor performance since returning to the Cowboys after his concussion and being on the 
the COVID list. And um, that's not entirely Andy's fault. A lot of it is his fault. But um, the offense really didn't do the Cowboys defense any favors today. In fact, I thought it was vice versa. The Cowboys defense continually generating turnovers, giving the Cowboys shorter field position, giving them things to work with. And so that was not the case for a long time. In fact, we even saw a special teams turnover in this game. So overall, I mean, the hierarchy of this game against San Francisco, Cowboys defense by far did the most. I would honestly argue that Cowboys special teams did the second most, even when you factor in the CeeDee Lamb touchdown there at the end of the game. And then on offense, I mean, they just kind of did enough. They just, you know, stayed out of the way, didn't do anything, didn't have any turnovers themselves that really cost the team in an overall sense. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, Mike Nolan, if, if I was Mike Nolan, that would be my case. I would say, look, you know, I'm dealing with a lot. And in this game, I lost Antoine Woods. Leighton Vanderish got banged up. Um, you know, I had Trayvon Diggs back, but, you know, I've had a lot of change. I've had a lot going on, and I've managed to do some things that have been respectable. And to be fair, the quality of opponent should certainly be considered. The Cowboys played very well last week against the Cincinnati Bengals and today on Sunday against the 49ers, but those are two now of the worst teams in the NFL. And so it kind of is what it is. Um, it's it's a very interesting situation when you look at where the Cowboys are um, now with regards to the playoffs. I, I mean, I, I hate to also kind of talk about that like it's a legitimate thing, but it is a legitimate thing. Tony says, uh, hello from North Carolina. Hey, my fighting Texas Aggies will be playing the Tar Heels. Uh, you know, so best of luck to you, Tony, if you're a Tar Heel fan. But it says, how are we still in the playoff race? It is kind of amazing when you consider the playoff positioning for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's look at the Cowboys' remaining schedule. Next Sunday, no noon game for the Cowboys. They will host, again, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys just won two games in a row for the first time in like 10,000 years, and they will host two games in a row for the first time in what feels like forever. Shout out to Frozen, of course. The Cowboys will host the Eagles next week. Jalen Hurts coming to town in all likelihood. The report Sunday morning of Carson Wentz being pissed off that he got benched. Big shocker. Uh, but after that, the Cowboys will travel to take on the New York Giants, who were flexed into Sunday night football over them tonight. If you're listening to this podcast later Sunday night, Monday morning, obviously at this present moment, we do not know what the result of the Browns-Giants game is. I think we all believe, based on Monday night's performance, even though Cleveland lost, that they will win that game with relative ease, especially with Daniel Jones not playing in it. No disrespect to Colt McCoy, of course, who was Mac Brown's quarterback once upon a time. But anyway, um, this I mean, look, the NFC East is, is kind of wild. And as, as we sit here live, the Arizona Cardinals are up 16 to nothing on the Eagles. So if we are to assume that the Philadelphia Eagles go on to lose this game, uh, which makes sense, the second quarter has just started in terms of the moment we are talking right now. Um, and it looks like Philly is at least threatening to score as I keep one eye on that. Uh, but let's assume the Eagles lose. That would put them squarely in last place in the NFC East. And the Cowboys would, for the first time again in forever, not be there themselves. And the Cowboys would need two more losses from Washington. All right, let's take a look at the remaining schedule for all four NFC East teams. Next week, in fact, you look at this, there are what, five remaining games for the NFC East after this week, um, you know, when you consider everything that's going on, or uh, five games that involve NFC East teams, I should say. The Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles next Sunday. Next week, the New York Giants will visit the Baltimore Ravens. Again, Des Bryant throwing up the X. I would imagine that we all believe the Ravens are going to beat the Giants with ease themselves. Uh, so if the Giants lose to Cleveland and then lose to since, excuse me, lose to Cleveland and lose to Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia just scored, by the way. Um, look at that. Nice, nice little curse by me. But 
Um, if the Giants lose, that keeps them at five wins. And if Washington, who lost on Sunday against Seattle, a lot of people were riding them high. And I do think that Washington should be the favorite because I think that the Washington football team is going to beat the Carolina Panthers next Sunday. I know the Panthers put up a great fight on Saturday night at Lambeau Field. It was impressive. And by the way, Matt Rule was totally right to do what he did at the end of that game. I will get into that more on Monday's edition of the SB Nation NFL show, Monday Football Mondays. You can listen to that. But next week or the week after that, sorry, week 17, the Cowboys will be in New York taking on the Giants and Washington will be in Philadelphia taking on the Eagles. Washington won that matchup the first time those two teams played back in week one. They're bookending 2020 Washington and Philly are. So I think if you play this out, I think that Dallas probably beats Philadelphia. I think that we all think that. And it will be interesting to see whether Zeke Elliott is back and, and how much he's used because now we're in a different world, and, and we'll get to that in a second, too. Um, but I think that Dallas beats Philadelphia. So let's assume Philly's at four wins going into Week 17. They're not in the picture. I think New York's going to be at five wins because I think New York's going to lose to the Browns and the Ravens. Okay, and the Cowboys will be playing the Giants in Week 17. So one of those two teams is getting to at least six wins. Maybe, maybe the Cowboys get to seven if they beat the Eagles like we think they will. Washington, if Washington beats Carolina next week, that's it. It's a wrap. It's done, bro. The Dallas Cowboys cannot win the NFC East. It's possible that Sunday yields some results that take the Cowboys completely out of wildcard contention. I know it sounds ridiculous at this point, but the Cowboys technically are still mathematically at the time that you and I are talking alive with regards to the wildcard race in the NFC. That is obviously not going to be something that they have as a real, real and legit option in terms of making the playoffs it's NFC Easter bust and that's the case for all four of these teams and I do think it's Washington's to lose but if Washington loses to the Carolina Panthers next week and the Cowboys win against the Philadelphia Eagles it is legitimately possible that the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East what percentage of a chance would I put on it I don't know I'd put like a 15% chance. I'm not that confident that this is going to happen. I think that Washington is too good. I think that defensive front is going to take care of Teddy Bridgewater next week. And I think that this is going to be a fun week. And ultimately, that's a good thing, right? Like, it's it's nice that it's Christmas time and, you know, we're all going to get to kind of be happy and in good spirits with the Cowboys. I know that these are some trash teams that they're beating, but still, it's nice to celebrate Victory Polo Monday. It's nice to have the Cowboys win. It's nice to see Tony Pollard go off. It's nice to have CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup score touchdowns. That is a nice thing. So, We'll enjoy it. We will enjoy it. But next Sunday, I would imagine, is probably uh, probably the end point for the 2020 Dallas Cowboys season from an official standpoint because I think that's when Washington wins. So if Washington's the favorite to win the NFC East, who's the second favorite? I don't know. I mean, maybe um, maybe Dallas. I mean, I think it's, it's possible that Dallas is the second favorite to win this thing. I, I think it's it's a possible way to look at this. It's it's a little ridiculous, certainly. Uh, but the Cowboys offense, again, was not soaring by any means, but it was better. I mean, it was more functional, at least early on, and we saw that. And it would be interesting to know how much the Cowboys knew about what they were going to do with Zeke if they totally game-planned all week for having Tony Pollard as RB1. Um, but... Um, if, if that's the case, I think the Cowboys can beat the – and this is really about the competition, right? I mean, the the next two Cowboys teams are trash, just like them. The Cowboys aren't going to play a team, you know, starting last week with Cincinnati with a record above 500 through the end. And so you're talking about being a trash team, admittedly, but playing against a trash team. So those are kind of trash coin flips, and it is possible that this whole thing – in fact, let's look at this one more time here, the uh, remaining schedule for the NFC East, because it is kind of crazy when you think about it. This Dallas-Philadelphia game is a game – with two teams below 500. This New York Baltimore game is not. This Washington 
Carolina game is a game with two teams below 500, and obviously the two games in Week 17. So not counting the game that Philadelphia is playing right now or the game that New York's playing tonight against Cleveland, there are five remaining games within the NFC East in totality, and four of them involve two teams with below 500 records. And so, yeah, this is a crazy thing, and it's going to be a crazy result, and it's going to be a fun and crazy ride. Um, And so it is what it is. But something that is going to be a crazy ride this week is Tony Pollard because, again, Tony Pollard – balled out is is a – extreme way of saying it I think Tony Pollard played very well and Tony Pollard gave life to the argument that Zeke Elliott should not be the team's primary running back it's something that we've seen all year something a lot of us have talked about and Tony Pollard I thought played very well um but you know there were times where the offense kind of reached a halt some of that's on Andy Dalton some of that's on Kellen Moore some of that is on Tony Pollard um Hillary says some of the offensive play calls are great at times and just really bad at others it's concerning as far as defense it feels like nothing will change unless we lose in dumpster fire fashion yeah I mean I totally agree with you um and and I do think that's that's the thing the Cowboys offense is so there are times like the first quarter I think we were all watching we were all thinking okay this team could could catch the ridiculous level of fire that's needed and win the NFC East, right? Like we all, they have those teeny little moments, but then they have moments where it's like, how are you an NFL team? You know, and, and so they, they just bounce back and forth so sporadically and so abruptly. Um, so it's it's truly difficult to know who you're getting and how often they're going to be there and what the duration is going to be for the life of it all. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the NFC East has, has proven to be an incredibly wild place. And that is a lesson that we have learned for a long time and a lesson that is probably going to be played on throughout the remaining you know two weeks of this season. I do think that this is Washington's to lose. But back to the Tony Pollard point, uh, because I got distracted because the NFC East is distracting. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the conversation is for the Cowboys, but I am very anxious to hear what Jerry Jones says about this. And whatever he does say, we will, of course, keep you updated at blogontheboys.com and on our social properties, on Instagram, on Twitter, etc. But the Cowboys have really hyped up Ezekiel Elliott for a long time. I mean, Jerry Jones said a few weeks ago on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas that he believes that Ezekiel Elliott is the best player on the Dallas Cowboys. And Tony Pollard came in and played well. You know, again, really well, whatever you want to call it. Played, played well at the very least. We all agree there. And so what do you do, right? Like what's what's the next step? Are are you committed to that? Are are you com- if if you're the Cowboys, do you have do you have the gall? Because for the Cowboys it would be some gall. Do you have the gall to diminish Ezekiel Elliott's workload? And for all we know, I mean what, what does Zeke look like when he's not dealing with this calf injury thing? It's fair to, you know, apply some benefit of the doubt to his game as well. Ha- has it truly been bothering him all season long for the last month, for whatever? I mean, there are a lot of questions and it's so difficult to answer them when you don't have your starting quarterback. But when you win and when certain things happen, certain questions become more fair than others. And the way the Cowboys beat the 49ers and the fact that Tony Pollard looked good. And particularly, let's look at this last Tony Pollard run one more time if you're watching on YouTube, the um, the game-winning run. I know CD had to touch them, but this was the game-winner. Look at this run. And no disrespect, but w- when was the last time you saw Zeke Elliott make a play like this? I mean, and then then the breakaway speed. I mean, that, there's no question about it. And look, let's look at the, the play at the end of the first quarter. I know I'm bouncing around, but this this passing game involvement, this is really simple, but just we don't see this from Zeke anymore. And, you know, Tony Pollard is a different back. He's a different player. He's, he's got a different skill set. And so if, if you're the Cowboys, if you're Kellen Moore and you can utilize them both, cool. I mean, do that. We would like to see that. But if, if you're going to commit to one and you're
you're going to tell us to our faces that Zeke Elliott is better and that that route, that method, that plan, that you know line of thinking is smarter, nobody's going to believe that. Nobody's going to buy that because nobody's dumb. And so this is a big week, I think, not to be dramatic, but this coming week and the results of the week in terms of how the Cowboys play against the Philadelphia Eagles is rather large or looms rather large for the future of the Cowboys. If Zeke Elliott is back, but we see more of um, of a you know equal balance, so to speak, between him and Tony Pollard, that would suggest that the Cowboys are paying attention and learning, which would be nice to see. If we see the Cowboys with a healthy Zeke or a, a Zeke that they deem to be healthy, just feed it to him 20, 25 times against the Eagles for 52 yards, well, I mean, what, what did they really learn? And why did we really do this? What did, what did we go through all of this for, uh, for, you know, just to kind of see some nice results and then pay no attention to them. But that, in a lot of ways, is kind of the Cowboys' way. Uh, the Cowboys winning on Sunday, 41-33, to the final score over the San Francisco 49ers. It will be fascinating to see how this all shakes up. Um, the fact that Washington lost keeps the conversation alive, keeps things going. The Cowboys had over 30,000 people in attendance at AT&T Stadium on Sunday. Jerry Jones said on Friday on 105.3 The Fan that he hopes uh, that the Cowboys have the highest attendance in the country as obviously different stadiums and different teams around the world have adjusted their capacity for holding crowds throughout the pandemic. And so if, if you're the Cowboys and you're entertaining and you are um, selling tickets or whatever, that seems to be enough, or that's the perception, right, that that is enough for Jerry Jones and for uh, the Cowboys brass in that regard, and we don't want to see that anymore. We're, we're tired of that. We want to see this team have success, and cool, you beat the Bengals, beat the 49ers. That's not real success. Those are some nice wins, and if you want to get excited, you want to enjoy it, you want to be happy around the Christmas tree because of it, cool, no stopping you there, but go out, and not that the Eagles are even a good team and we'll see what happens with them on Sunday but go out and beat a bitter division rival at home in your building and that game will not be flexed this game and I I I tweeted this out right before we started the show um I don't want to be this guy either but I really truly totally 100% absolutely believe that this Cowboys Niners game if it had been on Sunday Night Football the whole world would have been talking about it on Monday morning. This would have been a riveting game. This would this would this was great television and this would have done just bonkers ratings for NBC on Sunday Night Football and I bet that it it was a far better contest again the quality being very low but the back and forth being legitimate uh, than whatever we're going to see from Cleveland and New York and I think that's just the case but NBC and the NFL made their decision and the Cowboys have to kind of bear the consequences of that but next week's game against Philadelphia will not be flexed out that will be America's game of the week you can bet your bottom dollar that Joe Buck Troy Aikman Aaron Andrews the whole gang they'll be at at t Stadium as the Cowboys welcome Jalen Hurts that's a big reason why and um, you know we'll see if the Cowboys have enough to do it again win okay win a third game in a row beat a bitter division rival announce yourself even if you don't wind up winning the division even if Washington beats Carolina on the same day let the world know that you have enough pride you have enough backbone to go out and you know kind of do something that you're supposed to do because we haven't seen that a whole lot unless it's been against a bunch of tomato cans like the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers but the Cowboys did beat the Niners it's never a bad thing when that is the case and so I hope you enjoyed it Uh, I hope if we don't talk to you before then that you have a Merry Christmas we can talk to you before then because we put out shows every day on the blog and the boys podcast network make sure you subscribe we are available on all major podcast platforms I was not joking we have a new episode 
episode that comes out every 12 hours because news is always happening in the world of America's team and we keep you updated. So subscribe so you don't miss a single one of our episodes. Make sure you subscribe right here to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel so you don't miss any one of our wonderful shows that we do here. We do live streams, we do film reviews, we do recaps, we do discussions. We put our podcasts up here if you'd rather watch us and see our faces and things like that. So uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check out blogandtheboys.com. You're home for the best Dallas Cowboys coverage across the whole internet. I'm RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. And you can do me a huge favor. Just have a, just, just do me a gigantic favor. All right. Have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.